Welcome to Chatting with Breland. How's it going? Coming from someone, okay, so like, what what exactly does like yoga do? Is it kind of like meditation kind? Because ah, yoga, I like it. To, like a, because it looks like you're not doing anything, but you're actually doing a lot. Really? Is that how it is? <laughs> uh, so m- most people have a very um, confused uh, vision of yoga. So the definition of yoga is that yoga is the cessation of the fluctuations of your mind. So it's a way not to stop thoughts from happening, but to learn the conversations that you have with your thoughts that don't serve you. Yeah. And most people think that yoga is a physical practice or it needs to be done Mm -hmm. a certain way. And the fact of the matter is that Yoga can be everything you do. It's about the intention behind what you're doing. So you can be doing quote-unquote yoga poses and never be actually doing yoga because your intention behind the poses isn't there. Does that make that sense? sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So, so even you... in my coaching business, I coach based on the yoga philosophy. Gotcha. Do you like have like pre-recorded videos where you do like where you have people kind of follow along on what you're doing, like yoga, things like that? Or uh, I have a couple on YouTube and stuff, but not not really because I, I don't. The physical practice right now for me is more of me teaching other teachers how to teach. I don't have as many physical practice clients anymore. Gotcha. The um. Yoga looks so cool, but it also looks very hard, especially like I'm sure there's like advanced yoga. Right? I don't know anything about yoga, so I probably sound like annoying right now. But... Oh, no, not at all. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the same misunderstanding that everyone has because everyone thinks that yoga is a physical practice. Yeah. So if you think it's a physical practice and you somehow judge your body as being less than or, un- or unable, then it's logical for you to think that yoga is not for you. But the fact of the matter is yoga isn't really a physical practice. It's yeah. it's how you approach what you are doing that makes it yoga. And the goal is just to remain in the present moment. That's it. Like what got you into yoga? Um well really the physical part which is where where <laughs> everyone I think finds the practice, right? Yeah. Um so I was a gymnast when I was young and and my body was flexible and the practice felt really good. It felt very comfortable in my body. I can, I mean, I'm 40 and I can still do handstands and do all kinds <laughs> of, of crazy things. And, and I really, I mean, I got into yoga 16 years ago, so I was much more flexible and much more limber then. But right. um, the, the fact of the matter is I was doing a physical practice for about, five or six years before I actually understood the point and started looking for a deeper meaning because yoga basically gives you the meaning of life, the meaning of your existence, what you are compared to what's going on in the world. So it's, it's really like the way out of the matrix. It's taking the pill and waking up from the matrix. That is the actual benefit of yoga. That that's, that's where it comes from. Not, not, I mean, the physical part is cool, you know, like being able to do cool stuff. That's great. But <laughs> the, the, the mental part is really where where the sauce is. I mean, that's that's the sauce right there. 
did you catch on to that right away or how long did it take you to realize that? Oh gosh, it took years. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say, so I was practicing yoga from 2005 until 2011 before I got curious enough to take my first yoga teacher training. And mm, the yoga teacher training basically taught me that I knew nothing about yoga. Yeah. And that's what got me curious. So it wasn't until the fifth year of me doing a physical practice that I started getting curious. But then once I got curious, it was like it, it was on like Donkey Kong. Like I, it was so interesting. And it went from one thing to another. So a lot of the teachers that I found really have nothing to do with yoga. Um, but. It, it helped me understand that all of religion and all of the messages are all the same. Like really it's all the same. Yeah. You are it. It's all in you. You have the power. No one person is better than another. You have a gift. No one else has it. It's your job to come here, find out what it is and share it and, yeah. and be good to, to each other. Like really that's the message, no matter what you look at. But why is that so hard? And why does evil exist, right? That doesn't explain that. Exactly. Well, yoga does, though. So because yoga basically says that universal intelligence is one. And universal intelligence is non-dual. Therefore, it doesn't understand our vision of good or evil. It doesn't have that. That's a human thing to look at things that way. All right. it knows is intention and manifestation. So if your intention is 100% and your vision is 100%, the universe helps you, period. It doesn't understand good or bad the way that, that we do. It doesn't work that way. It's just, we, it's just energy. So what if someone wants to just like, they use yoga just to work out? Is there, is that okay? Of course, or, but, okay. but they're missing the point. <laughs> okay, but do you think, so you don't think that's a like a good thing to use for a workout? Oh, gosh, no, don't get me wrong. I think yoga is amazing, but when you don't understand what the point is, yeah. like, for example, when you hear that someone got hurt doing yoga, like, like there's, there is no space <laughs> in yoga for someone to get hurt. Like, if you're right. actually practicing yoga the way it's meant to be practiced, which is with complete intention and honoring your body and your experience, there is no getting hurt because you're, you're literally having your body tell you what it wants and what it doesn't want. And you're listening to it and honoring it. Right. So that, that's the part where like, yes, it's an amazing workout. Don't get me wrong. However, you're missing the point if you yeah. don't understand why it is that you're doing it. It's not just a physical thing. It's very much a mental thing, and the and the the deeper benefits come from the mental, not not from the physical. Right. What What were you doing before you got into yoga? Well, I'm an MBA, so I worked at an office, and I was in the marketing department of a company called Leica. Gotcha. And How long I were you there? Not very long. I found out quickly that that wasn't for me. I um when I look at there was I did hear something about um do you have like a lot of like I don't like recovery like people who are like you know like shit I can't even think of what I'm saying people who are like they're not drinking anymore they're not smoking. 
brain's like shot right now. No, yoga would be yoga would be good for that too, like sobriety, right? Absolutely. There's actually yeah. big, big programs. There's a there's a, a teacher. His name is Taylor Hunt. He has a foundation called the Trini Foundation, and they actually use yoga uh, in the twelve step recovery scenario. And it's it's you know yoga helps you understand your purpose and understand who you are and understand what's going on in the world. So anyone who gets a deeper understanding of the self of the real self not who we think we are but who we actually are will be a more like a happier more adjusted yeah. person you know what with someone who's going through things do you think that could substitute as not seeing a therapist if someone truly looks at it the way you know like you do like let's say okay um, you know i feel like if that make does that make sense it does um i guess that's a very like case by case basis because yeah. for example there are people that have like a legit chemical imbalance in their brain yeah yeah so like that's something that needs to be addressed like you can't yeah. just say think your way out of that or don't think your way out of that like that's not realistic like if, like if yeah. someone has bipolar disorder you yep. telling them that they can control that by looking at their patterns, like they don't, they don't notice when they're manic. They don't know. They're actually happy when they're manic. They don't want to be off their high horse when they're manic. So it, it's not realistic. But you yeah. get that under control, and then you give them coping skills an hour. Yeah, part. that's what I was saying. Like that's like a coping mechanism. That's what Absolutely. I was. Yeah, that's what I can Yeah, yo- yoga is actually hands down the best coping mechanism a person can have. Because re- religion does one thing that is very detrimental to the human existence. And that is that it teaches you that there is something outside of yourself that you need to somehow appease. And, and that's, that's a, very much a misunderstanding of, of everything that is the message. The message is that everything is inside of you. The message is that you have the power. You have the ability. There is nothing that you can ask outside of yourself that can do anything that you can't do for yourself. It's it's the only way. But when we pray, asking for something to help us that's not inside ourselves, we give our power away and we legit lose the ability to do it for ourselves. Because we don't believe that we can. And the second we don't believe, that's what manifestation takes, is 100% yeah. belief. So it's, it's a really weird paradigm where we're taught to think a certain way. But in reality, if we think that way, we are literally giving our power and, and, and the point of what we're in this existence, right? Because the yeah. point is for us to come here and create and be happy and be joyful. And, and you kind of give that up. Were you raised being to believe this is the only way to go? Like Christian or Catholic? Or... Um, so my mom and dad, when they were married, religion wasn't a very big thing in my life. Um, but my dad's second wife was very Catholic and she made me get my first communion. 
And to be honest, that was one of the things that made me realize like, holy cow, this is not for me. Like I, I can't, I can't like me having to tell someone things I've done. And like in my head, I was like, what makes you any closer to God than me? Like I just, I <laughs> none of, even as a child, none of that made sense to me. Like why would somebody else have more power than me over my own life? Like right. I just, it never, ever made sense. So so I always thought that I was agnostic. Like I just didn't care either way. Like people believe whatever they're going to believe because people are gullible. So they're whatever you're, you, they grew up believing, they're not going to question it. They're just going to say that. And that's what I grew up thinking. So right. when I found yoga, I realized like, it's not that anyone's being taught something wrong is that it's been manipulated in such a way to, to get people to, to basically act as sheep and not as wolves. And yeah, yeah. Like it's just, it's kind of disservice to humanity. And I mean, you can see how crazy the human experience is right now. Like, <laughs> like the, what a world yeah. we live in. Right. Oh, it's terrible. Like the amount of things that we're attempting to do to look outside of ourselves to numb the pain. And the fact of the matter is there is nothing outside of yourself that you will ever find that will numb the pain. The pain will always be there until you realize who you are and why you're here. Period. It's been a lot of shit, though, the last kind of everyone's kind of going in a dark hole, kind of, especially 2020, really. Yeah, so, but it could have gone two ways, though. It, it could have gone in a way where you actually sat back and had more time to think of the meaning of everything. Because if if everything that you know can change that quickly, doesn't that beg the question as to everything that you believe in and how quickly any of that can change? Right. So so really, it's a choice of, of how how you looked at the situation and, and, and really what your patterns are, because technically you're going to just follow your patterns, right? Yeah. But then again, it's everything that you like to do or that, you know, people that you love to see is just being taken away from you, like kind of forcefully in a way. Like you, someone who goes out like every day, like they go to Starbucks and coffee or whatever. It's like that's just taken away. Like you can't do that anymore. That could be someone's like the highlight of their day, going to Starbucks, drinking that coffee. But yeah. So, but if that were to go away forever, like what are you gonna do? Like I mean, that you having that be the highlight of your day and getting it taken away, and now feeling like there's something missing in your life when you can only be with yourself should already be begging the question. Like, what if this is all I had? Have you ever read the book Man's Search for Meaning? I don't think I've heard of that, no. Who's that by? It's by Viktor Frankl. It's a book that was written. He, he was in a concentration camp. And he basically decided to make his experience kind of an experiment. And he was able to kind of map out how other people were reacting to the same experience. Nice. And he had his wife that he spoke to in his head and he would go and do all these things in his mind with her. And it's basically about the power of the human mind. And what, what I, I feel like part of what we're missing as humans is the understanding that 
we're even though we are social beings, we're here to find ourselves. We're not we're not here really to to like do anything yeah. with anybody else. So yeah. So like if that is the highlight of your day, then what you need to ask yourself is what what got me to this point where what else? Yeah. yeah. What like so but it's some things where it's kind of you know it could possibly be like a forever thing kind of if that makes sense but i get i get what you're saying not to rely on like small things like that basically um but it's it's just like it's being taken away from you as of you not doing it so even like more than just that like even seeing like family and things like that like it's just being taken away from you so yeah yeah i mean it it was tough for everyone but it's it was also a time for people to find themselves and to find passions that they had and to believe yeah. in themselves and start a new business. Like, again, it's all yeah. dependent on how you looked at it because I know so many people that took advantage of what happened and are now yeah. in a completely different place in their life. Like, again, yeah. anytime you put the, the validity of your life or of your day or of your experience on something that you do that's outside of yourself you're setting yourself up to at some point be unhappy because you can't control anything happening outside of yourself you can only control inside you just don't know when COVID like came I did learn and like I did a lot of new things that I never thought I would do I have a friend that in a million years you would never think that he would like to garden and shit like that he's Uh like there was nothing else to do so I just was on YouTube and I came across that and I thought it was cool and now like he has a garden and I love it it's just yeah yeah that was a good way to look at it because a lot of people did learn new things or found out found new hobbies that they can do you know you know finding things that fulfill us it doesn't matter if anyone else judges whether or not this is something that you would usually do or not that's so beside the point like if it's something that makes you smile and fills your heart and creates a state of meditation you said something about meditation at the beginning most people are very confused about what meditation is they think that they need to just sit down and be quiet and somehow stop the thoughts in their head And that's just not realistic. That's just not really the purpose of it. And that's just not how it works. So thoughts are going to come because that's what the mind does. And you don't control the thoughts that come. You think you do. But you don't think about that first trigger of a thought. You just keep having a conversation with it. Right. What yoga does is it teaches you not to have a conversation with it. It teaches you to be what's called the observer. So, so you think that you're human because you think that you're your thoughts and you're your body. When you become the observer, you realize that, that all of it is an illusion. Separation is an illusion. And life just starts playing out a little bit different. Yeah. Are, you, are you looking, do you want to be a therapist? I'm a, I'm a life coach. It's, it's mainly what I do. Yeah. Cause you're giving out like some, some throwing at it, throwing it at me left and right. Like, oh, <laughs> then I didn't this know yoga I was. <laughs> I didn't know that yoga was more than just 
working out and doing a, like a, I'm, I don't, I hope it's not disrespectful to say a pose, but doing, because no, I... you know, that's kind of how they portray it on TV and in mm-hmm. movies and stuff. So it's, I didn't know there was a deeper meaning behind it. I thought it was just like a, like a workout activity kind of. You know? Absolutely. And and that's the main reason why, like, I speak when I go on, like, television and stuff like that, or I'm on a stage, like, my main thing is speaking about this, like, because I feel like it's a huge disservice to humanity to lose the, what the meaning of yoga is, to lose what the ancient texts speak of, to lose the actual philosophy, which is the actual benefit of the practice, like, it's great to wear your Lululemons and to have a yoga body, whatever that means. <laughs> but if you are a mean oh, person and if you if, if like if you look down on people and you judge people, like yeah. you're not you're not living in yoga and you're suffering and your suffering is making other people suffer because anything that we do to others is a reflection of us. So anytime that you're addicted to someone, you're doing that to yourself and you're only showing the face that you show yourself all the time. Right. So like, like the Lulus are great and the external (laughs) part is great, but like the benefit comes when you can show compassion, when you can be empathic, when, when nobody pisses you off, when you can have a good day, regardless of the things that are quote unquote falling apart around you when rock bottom never exists because there doesn't exist so you can't get there you just know that there's certain lessons that you need to go through to kind of like get you into deeper versions of yourself you know so you don't think rock bottom exists no why do you think that because what does that even mean because your rock bottom and my rock bottom is that another way of saying like burnt out in a way you think or well it's just how much can a person take yeah. But I mean, unless you're dead, like, it doesn't exist. Like, it can always be worse, always. But there's only so much a person can take. It's the same thing when it comes to a catalyst for, for good change, right? Like, sometimes it takes you to go through a lot in order to learn your lesson and actually step up, you know? It's the, it's the same thing. How many times do you need to trip over to learn the lesson? For some people... You need to trip a million times. For others, they trip once or twice and they're like, all right, you're not going to get me again. Right? Yeah. No, I got you. But what if it's like things someone can't control, like they're just, you know, losing family members left and right or things like Ah, that. So so in that situation, I feel like you can't control that as opposed to, you know, you're, you're depressed or whatnot. But So there's a difference between having something that makes you sad and being a sad person. So I lost my mom in January. Oh, I'm sorry. And that made me very sad. Like I cried a lot, but I didn't act towards other people in a way that was going to bring down their energy because I'm sad because I want my energy to still uplift other, other people. So even though I was sad, I wasn't, reflecting that on other people because that's that was a temporary state a temporary feeling within myself why because you think you can't control that but you can because somebody passing away isn't the issue it's your attachment to the person and your attachment to your feelings of the person passing away that caused the issue 
Because, for example, I could say, like, losing my mom is the most horrible thing in the world. But I had to take a year off to take care of her. And I know what she was living in that year. And I know if she would have come out of it, she would have been really messed up. So if a year ago, she, if, if last January when she got sick, she yeah. would have passed away, it would have been a lot tougher on me. And I would have thought about the situation a little bit differently. But because she was suffering, I thought of it in a much, in a, in a better light, if that makes sense. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But it's the yeah. same situation. It's only my vision of the reality of the situation that makes it different. I don't know if that made sense. What were you right around? happened what were you doing to kind of go through your days do you remember or well i mean my life has been crazy since covid you want to talk about crazy i got married <laughs> january 2020 and my husband uh, was, uh, is irish so he had to leave the country and then covid hit so me shit. trying to get him a green card to get into the country after a year i decided to go to ireland I was in Ireland from August to January. It was amazing. It was beautiful. Um, but then we decided to move to Costa Rica. And the second, and I got a job in Costa Rica. And the second that we got there, my mom got sick. And I had to leave my work and my husband in Costa Rica and move to Florida, where I never intended to be. And Jeez. once she came out of the hospital, she was so weak that she needed therapy for four months. So I was there three days a week going to see her while she was in therapy. I was taking care of her dog, taking care of all of her stuff. And then right. once she got out of there, I had to help her at the house. And then finally she was kind of getting settled in and that was in December. So I started coming to Puerto Rico and then she got COVID and that's when she passed away. Costa Ireland, Costa Rica, you're going bouncing around, huh? Well, what I do, like I can Ireland do. Oh my God, the beaches! You said you are loved it. <laughs> the beaches, the beaches are really, really, really nice there. In there, I know. No, no. I mean, we stayed there for a few months just because, like, with COVID and everything. What I was doing when COVID hit, it, it was never gonna be a thing, like afterwards because i was right. at the time building programming for for um fitness centers like chains fitness chains so um but that's kind of why how i built the yoga school so i mean everything happens for a reason when covid came how much did that oh 100 percent. like i was literally <laughs> creating signature programs for health clubs which no longer had anyone going to them so my job was gone in one second something like that just being taken away from me so how did you deal with that then when you know when that happened i got creative and i started doing stuff online i mean <laughs> just like everyone else like anyone who chose to sit home cross their arms and say oh my god look at what's happening to me <laughs> it, that's a choice because it happened to everyone. So, like, look like, at all the spoiled kids. Yeah, I don't know. Like, they I, can't I feel go like, to parties and clubs. Yeah, and like I feel that. like COVID more than anything 
showed you like if you reacted like a victim like like you were being shown your patterns because while you're sitting there being a victim in your home somebody else is creating a whole new life for themselves hmm. uh, and that's tough right like I, I say it like it's easy it's not easy and it takes it takes a lot of understanding but that's why I do what I do like that's why I have the job that I have. And that's why I'm able to make a living out of it. Because what I give people is tools to help them understand life at a deeper level. And that, like, even though I, my niche market is a very specific type of person, it's something that like, I've helped people from seven years old to 89 years old. Jeez. So it's, it's, yeah it's the past experiences and things like that that to where you're at now really yeah which is why i i feel like it would be a disservice to society if i didn't share what i know because i know that it's it's going to be very unlikely that most people can can like research this information and even understand that there's something out there that they should be researching. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like for me, it was so important that people don't understand what they are. Like how does your body work? Like how does food work in your body? How does your (laughs) mind work? How do your hormones work? Okay. You don't know that, but you have a body that you're walking around in all day long. So shouldn't you know that? Right. So that's really where it all started for me. People were so obsessed with their bodies, but yet they didn't understand even how food acted in their bodies and didn't spend five minutes looking into it. And then it was like, okay, but even if you understand your body, if it's your mindset that you're not fixing, there's nothing that you do to your body to fix your body that's going to be lasting because you're not fixing the issue. You're just being a doctor. I have a symptom. I'm fixing the symptom. Okay, but what's the root cause? So if the root cause is a mental state that you're not obviously dealing with because you're looking at it from a physical standpoint, then no matter what you do to your body, you will always be unhappy. There will always be something else that you can do. Right. Help someone lose weight, a.k.a. me. (laughs) Um, Do you have like diet? Do you have like um, diet routines and things like this? Is it a routine? (laughs) Um, most of what I do is I teach you habits like I teach you how to eat properly and I teach you how to understand food like I don't think the the problem with people is that they think that a diet that works for one person works for another person and that that's not real what's real is that you have a certain way of acting for example my latest client he does intermittent fasting He doesn't know that that's what he's doing, but that's what he's doing. Just naturally, he eats that way. If I were to tell him, you shouldn't eat once a day, you should be eating five times a day. That's not the right thing to say to him. Yeah. That's not realistic. He's not going to eat five times a day. So I'm already setting him up to fail. So what I do is I learn what people's habits are and what their patterns are. And then I work within those patterns to give them a healthier options so that they don't have to make these drastic changes because they're not realistic. If you have to do everything completely different than what you're doing right now, 
I'm not setting you up to fail to, to, to be successful. I'm setting you up to fail because there's no way someone can just wake up one day and be like, I'm going to do everything different today. It's just <laughs> humans don't work that way. That, that just goes to show how little we understand ourselves. We don't work that way. Jeez. So, uh, I talk about losing one <laughs> because what, okay. So it is kind of, I want to look good, like for myself and not for anyone else. So is that still an issue that I want to, some people like not like on purpose, like you have to kind of change your, you know, your lose weight in a way. Because if I, it, it really depends. You no, know, like if you eat maybe in smaller portions, maybe that'll help you. Um, exactly. Like I guess just shrinking your, I guess like instead of eating five pieces of pizza, two slices or whatever, things like that. And the way that you do that is by eating it slower. And the way you eat slower is you make sure that you chew until everything gets like super, super mushy. And a lot of water, right? <laughs> so that depends. Like while you're eating, I don't know. Like I'm well, not just in general because you feel oh, yes. full too. Like you know. Well, water is what you're mostly comprised of, so yeah. you want to make sure you're well hydrated. Yeah. At, plus, there's also some. So vitamins and minerals are absorbed either by water or fat. So if yep. you're not eating any fat, you're not absorbing certain vitamins, and if you're not drinking enough fluids, then you're not absorbing others so it's it's important to to just have a balance it's balanced and smaller portions and how do you know the portions your fist that's how you know your portions <laughs> what's like your like simple. what about like do you do like the 12 to 8 time period like what's your eating schedule like oh i don't i don't eat like that i'm a totally <laughs> i i do not eat like that like i'm 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 mostly vegetarian. I eat fish every once in a while. Um, I don't eat breakfast. I have a sh protein shake that I call a coffee because I heat it up and it looks like coffee, but it's really <laughs> a protein shake. Um, and I usually eat my first meal around 1.30 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon and my last meal around 6.30. So I eat only two meals and I eat them with a very short amount of time, one from the other. And that's it. You, like, I don't you eating know. snacks in between? No. Nah, nah. If I'm hungry, I do. But if I'm not, I don't. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't. Well, kind of hungry a little bit, right? I, Halfway I in. Like, the thing is, I don't <laughs> have this. Like, for me, food your body's is used to it, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't mm -hmm. have my issues aren't with food. Like, if I have issues, they'd be like dessert would be one of my issues if I let myself because I like sweets so I don't let myself have sweets all the time and like going out like if I go on a trend where I start going out a lot I tend to drink when I go out so then I'm drinking more than I want to be drinking but like gotcha. my my issue isn't really food like my bigger issue is like when I'm really like focused on my work like sometimes I'll be working 16, 17 hours. That's a bigger issue for me because yeah. I, I won't eat. I won't drink anything. I'll just freaking just sit and I'll work. And because I love what I'm doing, like 
I don't think anything of it. But then I'll look at the clock and I'm like, shit, I haven't eaten today. Um, so that that's more of like the issues that I, I as a person have. But everyone is different. So attempting to generalize like what works for everyone in one situation or another, like that doesn't exist. It just doesn't. It's, it's way too individual. Where can we find, where can we find you at? Like what's your uh, website or what's your social media? Like where, if someone wanted to look at program, where would they go? Uh, well, you can call me 815-501-5070. You can call me anytime. Um, if I don't answer, I'm probably with somebody else. Um, but leave a message and I'll get back to you. Um, my social media is bay underscore lifestyle PR. And my website is bay dash lifestyle.com. Gotcha. And, um, but, go ahead, sorry. but my programs, like most of what I do is I do my teacher trainings which are either 200 or 300 hours. And a lot of the things that I do, I do them uh, retreat style, which means that I, um, like, I'll take you for like two and a half weeks and you'll do all 200 hours in those two and a half weeks. Because my biggest thing is most, and even when I do coaching, my coaching starts with two days and I always ask you to go out of town and to meet me somewhere out of town where you're not going to be looking at the same things you look at every day, talking to the same people you're talking to every day. Like, my thing is I want to I wanna get you in a space where you're going to be able to open up and, and, and truly create change. Um, yeah. And yeah, so that's why I like doing things the way I do. Like my coaching program is not like anybody else's that I know. Um, and I've seen and read and taken a lot of things. But so what I do is we go through what's called the life mapping method. And with life mapping, we look at everything that affects you from the inside out. So from the way that you feel physically to the way that you think mentally to the patterns that are repeating in your life to the situations that you feel you can't control and 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 truly breaking them down so that you can look at them kind of like from an observer's perspective instead of a subjective perspective then yeah. once we've determined everything that you got going on and how to address it then we look into the external factors your relationships, your environment, your finances, um, any anything, anything that can affect you externally, um, and that because this is the main thing. My again, yoga is easing the fluctuations of the mind. So yeah. my goal is what is causing those fluctuations for you, and based on that is that I develop whatever program you should be in and sometimes it won't just be me sometimes i'll be like all right well i'm i can help you with these things but however because of where you live i need to get you a personal trainer where you live and because you don't know how to cook i'm either gonna find someone to teach you how to cook or i'm gonna get someone to meal prep for you so right. 
what I do is I help that person kind of like fill in all the holes that they're unable to take care of themselves. Because again, it's unrealistic. Let's say that you were married and you lost yeah. your wife and she was the one that cooked and you've never cooked a day in your life. Like me sitting there and being like, you need to meal prep and you need to cook and you need to do this. Like, that's not realistic. That person's not going to do it. So why no. would I tell them that? Like, it's not going to make them feel any better and it's not going to actually help them. So my goal is how much can you afford? What do you want to do? Do you want someone to teach you how to do it? Do you want someone to come over and do it with you? Do you want someone to do it for you and drop it off at your house? How do you want to do it? Hmm. I need that service. I, for shit. I can cook grilled cheese. That's about it. <laughs> or like box well, mills and like frozen dinners and things like that. Well, like even frozen food. dinners, there's some that are better than others. And nothing boxed and nothing canned. Try to do as little as possible boxed or canned. But frozen, yeah, especially and canned, if yeah. it's flash, like flash frozen, that's okay. Like things that you can steam. Like I'd much rather you eat vegetables from a frozen bag than from a can or not at all you know i do the uh steamable bags those are really good yeah i mean it's like, not it's not the healthiest because it's plastic but if you're not gonna eat vegetables otherwise do it <laughs> <laughs> i can't cook um why does like and i spoke i talked to someone about this the other day why does Eating healthy costs so much money. I don't get it. It's like reverse kind of. Well, that is cheap. Because, and... because okay, if I have a seed that's been genetically modified to grow twice as big in half the amount of time, it's going to cost me more to have a normal seed that's not going to yield as much and is going to cost longer to feed and maintain because it takes longer to grow naturally. That's yeah. one reason. The other reason is because when you buy cheap GMO stuff, the pesticides, the um, feed, basically everything is already inside of the seed. Whereas when it's organic, they have to buy different materials and they can't contain certain pesticides. And so it costs the person growing it a lot longer. Now, if you do want to eat healthier and you like feel like it's something that you're going to take your time to do, what you want to do is figure out locally when things are in season. Because when fruits and vegetables are in season, there's a lot more amount. And when there's a lot more demand or a lot less demand and more supply, the price goes down, right? So right. Yeah. basic economics. So what you want to find is the things that are in season so that you can go and one, they'll be fresher, more, more likely to be organic because they're grown at the, in the time of year that they're supposed to be grown. Um, and then that also makes it so that you start eating more varied foods, right? Because then you're, you're counting on, well, what's in season right now? So how do I cook that? And you're, you're going to have to get creative because if it's something you've never cooked before, no matter how good of a chef you are, you're still going to have to figure out how to cook it, right? Because you've never made it before. So right. it's getting creative with it. And, and, and again, and if you're unable to do that, then get someone to do it for you. Because, like, there are companies out there, meal prepping companies, that will just deliver it to you. 
so that you don't have to worry about it and still be able to eat a balanced, healthy meal. For sure. But, like, cake is just so good. Yeah, well, there's cake and there's cake, though. Like, you can have yeah, cake I'm mess- that's I'm much mess- healthier. <laughs> What's some healthy cake? What is healthy cake? I mean, there's flourless cakes that are made Ugh. with dates um, to, be, to sweeten them up. Like, Have you ever ate that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my my fa- my favorite dessert is plain yogurt with honey and cinnamon. So, I mean, I'm an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> I like cake and ice cream, but I mix my ice cream and cake together. If <laughs> does that oh, sound so weird? Funny. So, when it, whenever, okay, so my husband doesn't really like nuts. I love nuts. But he likes the pistachio, pistachio ice cream. Yeah. So what we do is I eat the nuts and he eats the ice cream. So I like pick out all of the nuts with a little bit of ice cream and then he eats the rest. <laughs> um, but no, you know, it's, it's, it, it also doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's just knowing that like you don't have to do it every day because it's always going to be there. Right. Like, like if you, if you see it that way, like, for example, when a client comes to me and tells me I'm drinking every day, the first thing that I say is, okay, we're going to cut down down by half. And that's either going to mean you're going to do it every other day, or you're going to start cheating yourself by pouring and pouring the other half as like, like, let's say you have wine, do wine and half diet seven up or soda and the amount. And then start doing some grape juice the other nights so that your brain is still pouring something. You're still having the same amount, but you're doing something different. The placebo effect is something real. So like once you understand that, then you, you start being like, okay, how do I need to psychologically do this so that my body will actually let me? Yeah. They have those at like, um, people that go to bars and things, they have like those, uh, those non-alcoholic beverages, of those course, canned ones. Yeah. You yeah. can literally say, I want a margarita without the tequila, or I want a mojito without the rum, and they'll do it for you. I want a Shirley Temple. Like, they'll do it for you, and, and then no one even has to ask. Like, whenever I'm not drinking, but I'm out socially, I just tell them to give me a Diet Coke in the same glass that they would give a, a drink with Coke, and put the little straw in it like you would a drink instead yeah. of giving it to me in the soda cup with the big straw. Yeah. Like and I want cereal, cares. no milk. <laughs> milk, no yeah. cereal. <laughs> exactly. Like, it, well, it's a way to do it. You know, you just like if you're a really social person, me just saying don't drink anything and not giving you options isn't going to work. I didn't know they can do that. Let me get a uh, margarita, but not with the tequila <laughs> of course i mean i get virgin mojitos all the time i mean i am in puerto rico this is they're like, called virgin mojitos <laughs> yeah they just call them virgin mojitos here <laughs> virgin mojitos or what? a virgin pina colada <laughs> <laughs> the um i hate the um the oh my god carbo what is fucking like seltzer water and stuff that's disgusting to me uh, like well, carbonated then, that drinks? Be, then that wouldn't be an option for you. You know, yeah. like it, what the main thing is like not not suggesting things that you don't. You know, that's why the life mapping portion of our program is so important. 
because we literally dive deep into everything that you like and don't like and find alternatives for everything based on exactly where you are, not where you think you should be or not where you think normal people are. Like none of that matters. Like we look at your life. How will this work in your life? Not because trying to put you in, in some kind of box and telling you that the box is where you should be is ridiculous. Like that just yeah. life, life isn't like that, period. So it's kind of like slowly, like slowly detaching yourself from what you're used to. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like yeah. detachment is the key word of everything. In order for you to be an observer, you have to detach yourself from, from the human. You have to understand that you are something that's beyond the human. In order to do that, you need to be spiritual in some way, right? You need to understand something that's going on that's bigger than what you can understand as a human. Right. And then based on that, then what happens to the human is just experience. It's just what's happening. It's not... It's not happening to you. It's just experience manifesting itself in action. And yeah. I want to ask you a, a question. Uh, one more question. Thanks for sticking with me. Anytime. Someone who, how are you helping someone? Let's say someone has a porn addiction. Okay. Let's say someone views women basically as, you know, how they're portrayed in porn. You know, they're only, you know, good for this, whatever. And they've been accustomed to that for years and years. How are you like, what about things like that? Like how hard would it be to fix someone's mind in that, you know, so in that that's way? Because men, on... everyone gets, you know, everyone, you know, gets horny or whatever. So like, <laughs> what would that person do then that they relied on that when they, you know, get horny? Okay. So porn is only a problem when it's a problem. If it's not a problem, it's not a problem. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like alcohol. Alcohol is not a problem until it's a problem. It's a problem when you think that what you're seeing is what reality is. And in that sense, it's unfortunate because those people probably wouldn't be the ones seeking help. Right. Right. So when it comes to quote unquote fixing someone, that doesn't work. You cannot ever fix anyone. They need to understand that there's something that doesn't feel right anymore. And that's not. Anymore. And then they need to go out and look for solutions to, to what is actually ailing them. And that will never be something they find outside of themselves. Yeah. The reason why it becomes a problem is because that instant gratification becomes something that they want to sustain for longer. So they try to do it more. But then the need and the want just gets stronger. So it doesn't actually fix anything. If anything, it's making it worse. But because we keep wanting to fill the need without actually questioning whether it's serving us or not, then we get in that loop of, of addiction, really. That's... Right. You, my friend, thank you for coming on. <laughs> thank you for You're welcome. giving me this knowledge, or, especially on <laughs> yoga. And it was nice talking to you. It was the, so uh, nice speaking with you. What and about, I hope that I gave what you about relapsing too? Are you in like... What... Well, the, the thing is relapsing is just part of being human. Again, you need to take it for what it is. 
So if you've been doing something for 20 years, you've gotten yourself to stop for a while, but then you fall back into it. Okay, but you were doing it for 20 years and you were actually able to stop doing it for a while. Why is the one time that you yeah. got back into it, like, why is this the end of the world? Why can't you just forgive yourself and then do it again? Because that, that's right. the problem. Like, we fail, right? We quote unquote fail and then we think it's the end of the world. But the truth of the matter is the only time you fail is when you stop trying. Yep. Like failure, failure is not real. It's an illusion, just like most of the things that human have created for themselves. Right. I also, I don't have a porn addiction, by the way. That I just like an example that came to my mind. Well, I mean, but it's a <laughs> it's a really good it's a really good question because it is actually a huge yeah, issue. It's a when thing. people got locked yeah. in their houses for a really long time, porn was very much available, and it was something to do. To be mm. honest, some people just needed something to do. And then it got to the point where it was like, well, shit, now I'm doing it three and four times a day, you know? And it's like, now, like, I'm thinking about it while I'm having a conversation with someone at work. Like, that's when it becomes an issue. <laughs> yeah. Like, drinking isn't bad until it's 11 o'clock in the morning and you're already thinking that work should be over so you can go have a beer. That's when it's a problem. So that's why I'm saying, like, things aren't a problem until they are. And the thing is, you must recognize them. In order to even pretend to do something about it, you cannot be convinced by somebody else that there's a problem. That doesn't exist. That doesn't work. That just doesn't work. Do you think be realistic is uh, bad advice? No, not really. I mean, what is realistic? <laughs> like, <laughs> being realistic means whatever you think being realistic is. So it's not that it's bad advice, it's that it's about as vague as advice can be because there is nothing is real everything is an illusion so like like that's just such a such a subject well like if someone thing. tells someone that they you know you have the people who tell someone their you know what they want to do when they grow up or their dreams that they have and they're always told be realistic you're not doing that you know what i mean like I want to be a famous artist when I grow up or whatever. It's like, be realistic. Okay, you know? so, so again, so why but like would a, you at think, a kid, so But that, when you're a little kid, though, you won't kind of, would you know, like, how to get through those things, though? Well, you just hit on a major thing, my friend, and that would be a whole nother conversation because <laughs> that, that would be my biggest beef with this universe is why is our education system so effed up? But, I mean, that's a whole like our conversation because that's my major goal in life is to use all of these things that we have put in place to study the the tendencies of people into basically learning how they learn so that you can teach them based on how they learn and the things that they're already inherently good at a machine that understands you would know that within a matter of of hours of you playing with it so it's like, to me, the fact that like everything is out there and it's not being positioned or used in a way where it can actually serve people. But the thing is, the people in power, they're, they're not necessarily wanting yeah. it, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, this is such a deep rabbit hole that 
it's just more than we want to go into right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll hopefully you come on next time and we can talk about it for sure. Yeah, let, let yeah. me know. Like I said, that'll be a whole nother hour conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to me. I appreciate it. You're so it. welcome. And anytime, okay. any anything you need, I'm here. That's, that's thank what you. I'm here that, well, now I know I have if I if I have like a, a quick question, hey. How do I do this? But I won't like bother you. Like I'm, no, I just want hey, to do like a I, daily thing. <laughs> my my know. biggest thing is the more awakened individuals we can have walking the earth, it's like a ripple effect. Yeah. So it's really, really important to to just share like when people understand life at a deeper level and they they can see things that others can't like my gift is that I can help people see this like I can help open their eyes like I always tell people I am the pill I can help you step out of the matrix like and I will happily do it because that's my calling like I, I I have a gift that I understood the world and my family basically let me do whatever I wanted so since I was little I knew I could manifest and and I did it and and I didn't understand what I was doing until I was an adult and I could quantify it but no one could ever tell me I couldn't do it because I know I can do it because I've done it my whole life no one has had to convince me of it um so if I can show others how which is I mean there are ways it's not like it's a secret um yeah yeah, for sure. Thank you. Again. You're so welcome. <laughs>